This video is sponsored by Jerry's Artorama. Jerry's Artorama Online has been serving artists for over 50 years, providing only the best quality art supplies. Jerry's Artorama has premier lines that sell all over the world and are used by millions of artists and professionals worldwide for amazing results. In addition to over 65,000 fine art supplies, choose from over 4,000 free art lessons, oil painting, drawing, acrylics, watercolors, mixed media, and the largest selection of new supplies professionally evaluated and created by artists for artists. Jerry's Artorama has been empowering artists since 1968. We provide reliability, better art supplies, great prices, and exceptional service. The quality of your art matters to us. Hello everyone. Today we are doing a studio hangout for artists. If you want to nerd out about art, Art Prop has everything you need from tutorials to critiques to a community of fellow art nerds. Kara, do you want to explain a little bit about what we are doing here and how everyone else can participate? We're going to hang out and work on our own personal projects. So we would love for all of you to be in your studio working on your personal projects. And then you can all hang out with us in the Art Prof Discord in the post live streams. And we would love for everybody to share whatever artwork you're working on during the live stream. Because there's a pretty broad range. Alex, can you tell us what you are working on today? Yeah, I'm working on, for scale, it's a little bit bigger than 9 by 12. Um, but yeah, I'm working on a personal piece for a portfolio. Um, I recently read the first three um, Garth Nix Sabriel books, and I loved them. So I'm doing a kind of painting of my portfolio of one of those books, the second one called Lyra. Lyra? I've actually never heard the title pronounced out loud, but... <laughs> It was, it was a great young adult fantasy book and I just couldn't wait to illustrate it. So here we are. Kat, what are you up to today? I'm just doing whatever. I mean, I just found this really cute picture of my two cats um, and I'm just going to draw them. <laughs> and I'm using these pigment deco brushes by the Karen Marker brand and they are paint brushes. So they are opaque, they are like paint and I'm drawing right onto this mini canvas I have. And by the way, the markers that Kat and I are working with today have been provided by Marker Universe go check out their website the links are in the video description below they are literally a marker universe <laughs> every type of marker you can possibly <laughs> imagine and cat i've never heard of these markers before the ones that i'm using are the karen brush marker pro brush nib pens and they come in this like beautiful box i feel like i'm unwrapping an iphone it's really nice <laughs> Right. They really invested a lot in this packaging. It's very, very nice. <laughs> See how pretty that is? <laughs> mm. Oh, that's nice. Well, so let me show everybody what the brush pen tip actually looks like. So these are made out of Japanese nylon. They're pretty flexible. They're definitely not as soft as Copics. They're a little bit stiffer. But I would also say they have a little bit of a bounce to them. But again, you have to just try it yourself. Everybody has a slightly different take. Now, Kat, yours are pigment markers, right? Right. The tip really feels 
like, hmm, how do I describe this? Like foam, it's very soft and as you described, bouncy. And they're very unlike other paint markers I've used before because for the other paint markers, you have to like press down for a bit for the ink to flow downwards. But here you can just uncap it and start using it. You don't really need to like press anything to get the ink flowing. That being said, they do have a specific process for storing. So you have them in this box and then they say, oops, it looks like this. They say you have to tilt it downwards first and then store it horizontally. Kat, are those markers opaque? Yeah, they are opaque. So you can just draw over everything? Yes. <laughs> but wait, did you do watercolor first? Oh yeah, I should have described this. So I did do a base of acrylic. I know it looks like watercolor, but that's because I used really watery acrylic paint because I didn't want to use up a marker for like a huge swath of color. Rather, I'm going in and using the marker for little details such as the fur or the pattern in the cloth and just layering up the colors so that it will look complete. So it's to save the markers from drying out? Is that more what it is? It's on one hand, it is to save, but also it's just a lot faster to go in with a big brush and just put down a swath of color rather than have to like color in with a thin tip marker. I see. And Alex, are you using regular gouache or are you doing a curl today? Uh, just regular gouache today. Uh, just, uh, just my old favorite. Yeah, which, and this is my first like personal painting I've done in gouache in a, a while, um, which feels really nice to get back into. Well, now I need to ask you, why has it been a while? Oh, um, let's see. I think, honestly, for me, it was hard, like, um, with gearing to applying back to school for a non-art-related program, I kind of, I found it hard to kind of sit down and work on a portfolio piece, even though I still want to continue working as an illustrator. I just want to do other things, too. I think it's because I'm very black and white in my thinking. I'm either like, I am an illustrator, I paint every day, or I am not. <laughs> but <laughs> the truth is a lot more complex in that like I'm a little bit of both. So it took me a long time to actually get excited and work on a portfolio piece to eventually be used to get me some work. Um, so it feels really, really good to kind of turn that part of my brain back on. Because otherwise it was just doing like small commissions and private paintings for the past couple months. We have a comment here from Sonnet who says, I'm excited. I'm going to be drawing tonight. I haven't drawn anything in so long. Yeah, I feel like that's always for me. <laughs> I never draw enough. Yeah, that's definitely how I'm feeling with this one where it's like, yeah, part of it is like riding a bicycle where you never forget it. But also like I've made a lot of rookie mistakes already with this. Um, like I started to add in details before I was even done with the underpainting. And I'm like, okay, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Remember your teaching. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> 
Remember who you are, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> What is this, like, Lord of the Rings? Like... <laughs> Wait, remember who Lion you are? King. That's from The Lion King, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember No Simba. one had to remember who they were in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Galadriel, the creepy elf lady, saying something like that to Frodo? Kate Blanchett? <laughs> she, she played Galadriel in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just now laughing if she was... Who was the guy who did the voice of Mufasa and Darth Vader? Uh, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, thank you. I'm just picturing if James <laughs> Earl Jones played Galadriel. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> so I'm curious. Do you guys really think it's like riding a bike when you step away from your art for a little bit? Or do you feel like you lost time and you'll never get it back? <laughs> How about you answer that first, Alex? I'll, I'll do a cop-out and then I'll explain where the cop-out is a little bit of both. Um, because yeah, like, I mean, there's no beating around. If I was more like diligent and if I, if we weren't in a pandemic and I was more focused on making work at the pace I had been yada, yada, yada. Yeah, of course. But that's a, that's a flawed way of thinking. That's like saying, oh, yeah, if I went to the gym every day for the past 20 years, I'd be super swole. But I didn't, so I'm not. And so you just have to stop worrying about that. Um, and just, again, yeah, keep in mind, you never, while you might, they might get rusty and you have to brush the dust off, it still works. It is like riding a bike. It's just if the bike doesn't get oiled, then the chain might break. So you have to kind of take care of it, make sure the tires are inflated. Did that, that metaphor was, make sense? That was such a good answer. <laughs> now I'm kind of wish... you have to be just as smart. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> dang, maybe I should have gone first after all. <laughs> but my initial thought is like, it is like riding a bike for me, but I've honestly forgotten what it is like to be super good at a skill and just draw it spontaneously with a certain medium so that you need to like practice to get to that point because I think right now my skill level is very rigid. Like I need to draw some cartoons and I will draw it for the sake of the story. It's not like my style or my inking process has evolved much. I mean, it sure has evolved, but I think it's gotten tighter as it's gotten along in time. But like, I'm pretty sure if I picked up oil painting or something, I would feel rusty but I would pick it back up again, just like riding a bike. I hope that answered the question. I kind of gave like two answers to that one. Yeah, but both were good answers. Thank you. <laughs> Not as good as your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it because I just haven't painted in months and months and months and months. So the lost skill has given me <laughs> insight into not painting. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it's like There's to so not much art. knowledge in that area alex you have so much expertise <laughs> i should i gotta put that on my resume just <laughs> proficient in not doing work and then talking about not doing that work <laughs> is that not teaching 
<laughs> Angie says, your muscle memory never really leaves once you build it. It just goes dormant for a while. I think it's similar mm. to exercise. If you exercise and then you stop, I mean, of course, it's not going to feel great the first time you hop on the treadmill, but I think it's similar to that. Yeah, the like the neuro pathways, it takes a lot to carve those neuro pathways in your brain. Um, and so yeah, they're there. They're hanging out. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Let's see. Ave Re says muscle memory slash skill is intact, but it just takes me longer to paint and draw the same thing. Although Kat, maybe you and Alex have struggled with this. I don't worry so much about being in shape as I worry about having the mental continuity with a project. That I think is harder. Oh, am I still gonna know how to draw the figure? Mm, mental continuity is a really great way of putting it. It really is a mindset. It's not necessarily your hands. It's your mind. It's really, it really is a game with your mind. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just like exercise. Like we keep going back to this exercise metaphor, but <laughs> a lot of exercise isn't necessarily like pain or you can't do it. It's more like the mindset of like, oh, I can forge onwards. I can keep going. Yeah, I, it's funny how much the exercise metaphor works when I don't often do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> In the cultural the theory, Alex, of what exercise right? is. The theory of exercise, I can tell the you, theory. are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> the ephemeral concept of exercise. <laughs> yeah, actually, exercise is really important. And I think we have a lot to learn through doing it. I actually started recently to pick back up exercising. I used to exercise a lot in university because there was a free gym. But then when I came back home and the pandemic hit, I totally stopped. Mm -hmm. What do you do for exercise? I bike. Um, I guess I need that's to find something that's more fun than feels like work. Biking sounds that was like the fun, point especially if you can. <laughs> well, actually, I recently learned that East Asian women are most likely to suffer from osteoporosis later in life. And the way to prevent that is actually through weightlifting, through weight no training. Kidding. Yeah, so I've actually started trying that out. I'm very weak, <laughs> very weak. But I'm hoping I can like build it up so that I can lift heavier weights and maybe lift heavier cats in the future too. <laughs> <laughs> Now, wh why are you aspiring to lift cats? Is it because your cat is getting fat? Oh, well, my cat's always been fat, but I just want to carry more cats, you know, like mm -hmm. five at a time. <laughs> when a friend of mine started getting into weightlifting, they had a funny moment where they were talking uh, like weeks later when it was starting to take effect. And it was like, yeah, I've noticed a weird side effect where I can pick things up easier. <laughs> they said it in the sense of like yeah like i like went to the gym to like be healthy you know i would lift weights to like be healthy and live longer and blah 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 but then it's like oh i can carry more groceries like oh i get oh, this is a, oh. <laughs> like, the weird practical effects of being healthy are uh 
are astounding. <laughs> so practically speaking, here. I want to lift more cats. Go ahead, cat. That's yes, all. More cats. I just want to say I want to lift more cats. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question here from Anna who says, I'm curious if you still have a studio practice outside of art prof or if all your art making is for art prof. That's a really good question because when I mm. first started art prof, I did very much see it as being, okay, here's my art prof artwork. Here is my studio practice. But you know something, somewhere along the way they merged and I don't see them as being separate anymore. And that was not purposeful. I did not plan it to be that way. But ultimately I think it's just hard to do one thing and not have the other stuff you're doing affect it. So yeah, they're, they're the same now. Strange how that works out. I think that's kind of inevitable with art making because we always say to be a good artist, you need to be versatile. You need to know a lot of things. You need to be an interesting person. And so mm -hmm. ultimately anything you learn from somewhere else will inform your art making in some way or form. In the case of Clara, it is art prof. But for me to answer that original question, I do have a studio practice outside of art prof. It's because I'm working on a graphic novel right now. So a lot of my time is spent uh, right now I'm in the writing thumbnailing stage, so it's not really art making, it's more like art vomiting. <laughs> so yeah, I have a studio practice of art vomiting outside of art prof. <laughs> so elegant, Kat. Thank you. I am what I am. <laughs> yeah, I uh, definitely do as well, but in a different way. Um, Actually, no, I think in a, in a weird way, I think I've always had them fairly separate until like right now of working yeah. on something for personal. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think all the art prof work has been art I've made for art prof has been very much like the purpose of this is to teach. And so right. I'm thinking about it in a different way. Hmm. Well, that's the thing is that some of the videos that I've been producing lately, yes, they are about teaching, but a lot of them have branched out into telling personal stories like the bread tutorial that I released did not feel like a tutorial, even though I did explain some stuff. So it's like, I don't know, it's like your work is always evolving. You know, you have all these goals and you're like, I want to do this. And then you go and you do that thing. And then it's not exactly what you envision, which is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think that's my favorite part of just making art in general is being okay with that surprise of this isn't what I pictured, but it's something different, not necessarily better, just different. Well, I hear that a lot from students where they say things like, oh, I'm so frustrated with this drawing because it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And I'm like, well, that really happens <laughs> to any of us. So sometimes I have a loose idea of what I might want, but I try really hard not to stick too hard to that because inevitably it's just too easy to get frustrated when you expect things to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that mixture of like, 
planning ahead with things like, I don't know, like color, composition, things like that, using that knowledge to plan, but then also like keeping it open for those surprises. Let's see here. <laughs> surprises like right now where I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you doing, Alex? I don't know. <laughs> right now I'm in that weird in-betweeny thing where I'm like in between underpainting and top painting <laughs> where I'm just kind of trying to like cl clarify everything but trying to make sure I'm at the same pace with everything. Alex, Revi would like to know what kind of dog you have. Oh, uh, yes, that was a uh, <laughs> sorry slash you're welcome, everybody. Uh, Mealybug saw something outside and had to let us know that it was very important. Uh, but she is a Border Collie mix. And actually, this is the first time I'm painting my dog. She's going to be in this painting. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. No this kidding. Is Mealybug. How is yeah, that the first the, uh, time? Because I, I really don't like painting dogs, which subtext <laughs> is like I'm... I'm not good at painting dogs because I have never done it um, and I don't enjoy it. Um, but in, <laughs> in, in this book, uh, Lirilel, one of the reasons I loved it is she has an animal companion called the Disreputable Dog. And the author captures the personality of a dog so well um, that it was just very, very inspiring to read like fiction where like the character of a dog is just so perfectly captured so specifically mealybug mm. so she's a uh, perfectly cast for lack of a better phrase mm. i love it when authors do that yeah right right well <laughs> <laughs> i like it when they do a good job of their job <laughs> I like it when they do the word stuff good. <laughs> Wait, I just like saw this thing online where somebody said you can totally tell if an author writes about siblings and has never had a sibling before because it's something like, okay. oh, hey, bro, hey, sis, when siblinghood is not like that at all. You never, <laughs> you like develop your own secret language with your sibling. You don't ever greet them so mundanely like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I ever called my brother or sister bro or sis, they would instantly be like, all right, who are you and what have you done with Alex? Why are you talking to us this way? But anyways, I'm really happy to hear that the author did such a good job that it inspired you, another artist, to create more art. Isn't that like the ultimate artist's dream? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I hope so, Garth Nix, if you are watching this stream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it, okay. We are having the left, leftovers of the tropical storm. So the windows are shaking a little bit. So Mealybug has a right to be excited. <laughs> so we have a question here from AJ who says, my art style changes depending on the medium. Does anyone else experience that? Like acrylic, very smooth and realistic, watercolor, illustrative, expressive, digital, cartoonish. Oh, I'm totally like that. When I draw with crayons, I draw pretty aggressively. But right now I'm doing markers and part of this is the subject matter, but 
I don't work super aggressively with markers the way I do with crayon. How about you, Kat? I totally am in the same boat. My style completely changes depending on the medium I'm using. So for the markers here, I mean, I've never used paint markers so extensively like this. So I'm just sort of like, I'll let my muscle memory go and do whatever. I'm not really thinking too hard about it. And inevitably my style will change with it. Versus if I were doing ink, it would be a lot more compact, a lot more concise and planned. So yes, my style does change. Same for me. Um, I think the most I can think of is like when I first picked up acrylic. Um, that was post art education that I picked up acrylic. So I came to it with a very painterly mindset of like, yeah, just flow, like be playful, experiment with it. So all the rigidity of how I normally work, I think was gone. Whereas with a medium I know well, like gouache, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what this is going to do. And I have to kind of trick myself to get surprised by it. Mm. You know what I think it's like? It's like every material is a different person. You guys ever notice that depending on who you're hanging out with, you're a little <laughs> bit different. Am I yep. the only person that does this? No, absolutely. Or maybe you're just a Gemini, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> That explains everything, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it was Jim Gaffigan who did a really great bit on that where he was like, it's weird introducing two different friends to each other because then you're like, hey, when we meet this guy, don't worry about how I have a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know that my kids have decided that I have a mommy voice and I have an art prof voice? And they hate my voice. <laughs> they do, yeah. Stupid. I would have guessed that they were the same voice. They're not. Because like my work voice is the same as like what I talk to like little nieces and nephews with. Sorry, not nieces and nephews, cousins. Whatever. That's because you're a nice person, Alex. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> No, somebody said that your customer service voice is like baby talk, but for adults. And yeah, that's true. What? <laughs> what can I get you today? Oh, thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like you to know that my 12-year-old was in writing class yesterday and had to write an example of a metaphor and she decided to write my mom is a cave troll <laughs> <laughs> yep hey well at least she didn't accidentally make it a simile you know <laughs> was it just the artist trope of the cave troll like go into the studio and like you just hear like grunting and angry noises and no i'm pretty sure that she drew clara sleeping <laughs> snoring <laughs> <laughs> but did you see the cave that she drew cat yeah <laughs> i had a little cave <laughs> i'm liking that these markers are water soluble and you know something? This is Ooh, really fun cool. to see how they layer, which is that I had this 
not very dark color. I mean, that's sort of like a mid tone or something, but I put it over the green and it, it really had a beautiful effect. And the thing about these markers, they don't really blend, but they definitely bleed once you put water on top. Like Kat, do those bleed or are they just like acrylic paint where they just sit? They're just like acrylic paint where they just sit. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to put water with it. They didn't say anywhere that you could do that, so I'm not going to do it. But they work just fine right, right, right. now. Oh my gosh, look at that purple. That is really vibrant and luscious. Ooh. Oh, yummy. I wish I could lick that. <laughs> Heart Pop yeah. does not support or endorse licking any of your paints. Yeah, don't do that, actually. Now that I think about it, that's a really bad idea. No, I'm just... I like doing weird, obvious, like, safety disclaimers. <laughs> um, By the way, yeah. in case anybody is wondering, these flowers, again, were from the Bread Fairy. And people keep asking me what kind of flowers they are. I think they're tiger lilies, but I could be wrong. Let's go I was surprised, though. The flowers, they taste like lettuce. It's actually sort of a nice contrast against the guacamole, which is all goopy. You said you, they taste like lettuce? The flowers taste like lettuce. Oh, interesting. No. Okay. Let's go with a little bit of pressure. Here. All right. I need some help. Do mm. I add the dark background or do I leave it white? Can you not make it dark but add a background? <laughs> uh, <laughs> suggestions? Oh, you. What were the flowers in context with? Like, are they in a vase or are they just like lying on a cake or on guacamole or? Well, I have photos on the Flickr page and some of you can go take a look, but she put them on this really flashy green iridescent plate that was so loud. And so that's Ooh. why I took some of these photos of just the flowers because ugh, I didn't want to paint all that. But mm. I feel kind of dumb leaving it on white background when I'm always telling people to not do that. Then why don't you just give a hint of the flashy green plate? Like not make it flashy, but make it a more demure green plate. <laughs> but I don't have the reference in front of me. Visualize. Imagination. <laughs> I don't have any imagination. Help. You're on your own. <laughs> I feel so abandoned. Like I'm I'm here asking for help. And and you're you're just not listening to me, both of you. I mean my I point is I think you've gone too far with it with the white background. So now your value structure is gonna be all messed up if you add a background now so you might as well just <laughs> we're all just like unintentionally ripping it apart 
you know, this is supposed to be a supportive community. I don't feel very supported right now. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so apathetic. <laughs> All right. Well, since the two of you don't care about me, I'm just going to talk nope. to the audience because they do care about me. Ripple of Aqua says, use the purple, the great contrast to orange and yellow. And John Murph says, I would like to see higher contrast and darker shadows if your medium allows you to do such a thing. Well, see, that's the thing. I have this beautiful, juicy purple that I really think I need to use. I'll just do it. It's fine. Yeah. See, I don't need you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you know what? That makes me happy now because now I can make this like glowy bright yellow color that I didn't have before. Ooh, that's Ooh. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for helping me You're out. Welcome. Where <laughs> we are happy to help. We helped you help yourself. <laughs> God. Thanks. Thanks. Anytime. You know, all I did was nurture you both in art school, and this is how I get paid back. <laughs> Alex, what class did you take with Clara? It was a super cool class. It was. It was so weird, Alex. God, what was it called? It was. It, it was such a stupid title. It was called Drawing All to Itself. That's right. That's so pretentious, but tell me it's more. It's so pretentious. Like, oh my God. So it, I know it was technically a printmaking class because it counted as a out of credit or out of major credit. Um, but honestly, like, first class started and it was. I think it was only four people. It was a really um, small class. Very small, to the point where we weren't sure if the class would be canceled because of that. And I'm very glad it wasn't because, oh my God, like to have a whole like semester class with only four people, like a four to one student to teacher ratio was awesome. Like mm. it was very cool. Well, might have been cool for you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> if they had dropped that class, I would have been so mad because then it's like, as adjunct, you make time in your schedule for that class, but then mm. if they cancel it at the last minute, you're sort of screwed. Oh, gee, yeah. So that part of it sort of sucks. Man, I really, really done goofed with this. So, Kat, how do you like those acrylic markers? How are they feeling now that you've spent some time with them? They're feeling all right. They feel very, very painterly. Some of them are more opaque than others, but I feel like the opaque ones I can use as like a base, and then I can use the slightly more translucent ones to layer on top. So, yeah, there is an option to go full on opaque, but there is a little leeway to make it painterly and layer. That being said, I'm like kind of stuck because I really want a light blue, but they don't have a light 
blue in this particular collection. So what I've done is put down a dark blue and then put white on top of it to like simulate a light blue. But mm. I don't know. It's just, I'm experimenting. I'm trying things along the way and I'm having a fun time. <laughs> How about the purple versus the orange for you, Clara? How's that going? I mean, I love this purple. It's really <laughs> juicy. <laughs> that is, that looks lovely. Yeah. It's like a really juicy steak. Hmm. Purple steak? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to eat that. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. You you have been so helpful tonight. <laughs> I am the most helpful. <laughs> All things. <laughs> Actually, the two of you, you should be happy that I'm not super oh, polite with you. Because that's what I do with people I don't like. Yeah, okay, that's that's real talk. Isn't yeah, that true? somebody it very much. Like if someone's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I'm like, oh my god, I thought we were friends. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Students are exempt. They're not part of my social rules. But everybody else, if I tell you that color sweater looks really good on you, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> That kind of oh that that thing of like the uh what's there's a term for it um but it's rampant in texas of like backdoor um negativity where it's is that like, what it is yeah it's something like oh i like how you can just wear anything like, <laughs> like you're Isn't so brave yeah the same vein the as as a uh, bless your heart or something like yeah. that. yeah 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 or like Oh, you're so brave. I could never leave my house without doing my hair. Like, it's like, oh. Brave? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, oh, boy. Rosalio says, how would you describe that shade of purple? It's basically blue. Well, you know something? My webcam thinks that purple is blue. <laughs> so that's the issue. <laughs> but you know what I'll do is afterwards, when we're in the Discord, I'll post a picture and then you'll be able to see the colors a little bit more accurately. But Kat, I was going to say, I do like that these markers are not super floppy because honestly, I never understood what was the big fuss with comics. Everybody's like, oh my God, comics. And I'm like, I don't like how floppy they are. Not fair. It's been a while since I've used them, but I know exactly what you mean. I think that they're not very suited for a painterly style like yours, Clara. I feel like they're more for very detailed, fine work, which is not your style. Or if you want to blend a lot, I feel like yeah. they would be good for that. But no, this is definitely more my style. You know what? I do feel like these paint markers are a little bit floppy, like the Copics, which isn't a bad thing. It's just a different kind of nib. Yeah, it just depends on your personal preference. Some people really like the floppiness. Other people don't. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Note. Thank you so much for the super chat. We greatly appreciate your support. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's see if we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> you know what Seven Angelic says? If your steak is blue, please call a medical provider. <laughs> Yikes. Have you ever eaten blue steak, though? Like, not where the color is actually blue, but it's, I think it's spelled like B L E U or something. Oh, no. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> It's like you get your steak and you open it up um, and then you put it on a hot grill and then you instantly turn it over so it just sears both sides and then you eat it. Weird. Yeah. So it's like almost raw. Cool. Have you guys eaten raw beef before? Yes. I have. Oh, okay, cool. Normally people say no, but yeah, so have I. So all three of us have one thing in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides there was that being art artists, thing. We're, yeah, working on art prof and stuff like that. Yeah, besides that, <laughs> besides it's so many things, honestly, great. I kind of love it. <laughs> I I love it too. I've only had the French kind, but I really want to try the Korean kind, the raw beef. Oh, what's it? What's the French kind? Beef tartare or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the mm. one that I've had. I don't know if it was French though. Can't remember. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's like how you'd make a really good hamburger patty at home, but then you don't cook it. Yeah. <laughs> you just dice up some onions and parsley and garlic and seasoning, and then you mash them into some ground beef and you make a nice round little patty. And then instead of putting it on the grill, you just eat it. Yeah. That, that just sounds so eloquent, no, no, Alex. No, 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 I think no. you should be a server at a Michelin starred restaurant. You can just say, well, this beef tartare, it's just like, now you made a hamburger, you just didn't cook it. Yeah. <laughs> I should, what I should really do is open up a French restaurant in France. <laughs> <laughs> this here we call it a beef tartar. Tartar? <laughs> Special uncooked hamburger. <laughs> Get some escargot. Escargot? <laughs> Um, I made a comic, a comic called Dégage once, which means go away in French. And my friend walks up to it and she's like, oh, Dégage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know where this all comes back to is Bill and Ted and Socrates. Excellent. And beef oven, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie whoa cat these markers are bleeding in this really cool way wow that's a beautiful in the discord but i really like that mm. is, is that, that... just adding water well i put the marker down first and then i put some water in a couple spots but i think the water like traveled to like another section and it activated it i don't know but i really like that bleed flipping water always traveling and stuff <laughs> <laughs> says mr gouache universe make up your mind water 
<laughs> I think there should be a gouache beauty pageant, Alex. You would totally win. When you say gouache beauty pageant, that almost makes me think of like how clean everyone keeps their palettes and their um, their tubes of gouache paint. But not you. No. <laughs> so you're not going to win the, the swimsuit competition. Well, my palette might. This is a new day. I'm using a new palette for the first time since college. Uh, what? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, gouache, you can rehydrate it. So I've kept using the same palette, which I still have, by the way, because I, I, I might go back to it. But <laughs> this one's really nice. It's looking like this. It's a new era, Alex. Yeah. I. It has pros and cons. The pro is as a lot of small, tiny little shelves um the con is it doesn't have a lot of mixing space hmm. which counter pro to that con with my old palette i just have a lot of goopy muddy colors that i've been there for decades now <laughs> and i can just be like yeah that green will work <laughs> um which makes a very unified color palette throughout the years so I like that this one has minimal mixing space, so for every painting, I should clean the mixing trays so that I got something new to work with. But we'll see. I wish I discovered this bleed thing like a half an hour ago. Now I'm all into it. Well, you can save it for the next stream. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I hope all of you will hang out with Alex and Kat in the Art Prof Discord. They're going to be in the post live streams channel, and I hope you will all go and share your personal artwork that you were working on. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are all making sure that people all over the world have access to an art class. It's an amazing thing that all of you are giving us the resources to make that happen. So everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.